What do Malik Murphy and the Texas football team need to do to continue to win games while Quinn Ewers is out with a shoulder injury? You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's daily fantasy sports made easy. On today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, we are discussing Malik Murphy in the first two segments. What can he and this Texas football team do to remain successful while Quinn Ewers is out with the shoulder injury? And then in the last segment, you know, I love top five list on the podcast. We have five games remaining in the regular season, in my opinion. I ranked them from toughest to least toughest remaining on the schedule. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get into the football conversation, I obviously have to talk about what's going on in the baseball world. To all of my Rangers fans, we did it, right? We have made it back to the World Series first pennant since 2010, 2011. I was in high school, and hopefully in a week and a half, two weeks, we're celebrating our first championship ever. To all of my Astros fans, it was such a fun season. These teams were so evenly matched, having the same exact record in the regular season, having the same record in the ALCS 3-3 through six games, and ultimately Texas came out on top. But I think what we proved is Texas certainly is a baseball state this year. Uh, that's the best rivalry in baseball right now by far. The teams hate each other. Uh, the players hate each other. And every time they match up, it feels like a playoff game. So I'm glad my Rangers came out on top, but I live in Houston. I have a ton of respect for all of the Astros fans. And like I said, that's the best rivalry in baseball right now, and hopefully it continues for years to come because every game between the Astros and Rangers feels like a playoff game, and that's how it should be. Right. Texas is big enough for the both of us. And there's a lot of tension in that rivalry. And I hope it continues for years to come. All right. Now we're talking about Texas football and Malik Murphy. And, you know, he's been a fan favorite since he stepped on campus. Right. He was the first big commitment at the quarterback position of the Steve Sarkeesian era and really looked like he could be the future you know, quarterback of the future at Texas. You know, even though they don't play alike. You know, because of his big stature, he reminded people a lot of Vince Young. And I think he has some of those uh, natural leadership capabilities that Vince Young had that, you know, galvanized that Mac Brown team to a championship. Not saying that that's in Malik's future, but I think he has, you know, some of those same personality traits um, and leadership traits that Vince Young had. And everybody just wanted to go to war with him. You kind of feel that with Malik. When Quinn Ewers, you know, one of the most talented and hype prospects ever at the quarterback position coming out of high school, committed to the University of Texas, Malik Murphy never wavered. Right. And his commitment and his decision to come to the University of Texas to play, be coached and developed by Steve Sarkeesian. Same thing in 2022 when Arch Manning committed to the University of Texas. Malik Murphy never wavered in his commitment to come here, play and be coached and developed by Steve Sarkeesian. And that's another reason that he is a huge fan favorite. Right. Because he has always stood firm on his commitment to come to the University of Texas. And now he gets an opportunity to start this weekend most likely with Quinn Ewers dealing with an injury. And like I said, you know, Malik Murphy, we've heard from the time he stepped on campus, right? Even when, you know, there was the first chance of us to see 
you know, that room with Quinn Ewers, Arch Manning, and Malik Murphy in it. Even though, you know, Quinn Ewers is the best quarterback at this point and should be the starter, we always heard that Malik Murphy just had, you know, a special poise about him, right? A special leadership about him. And he was the one that, you know, really lit up the locker room when he walked in. The players really loved to be around Malik. They really wanted to galvanize around Malik. And now they have a chance to do it on the football field this Saturday against BYU. And we've seen the poise, right? When he came in, um, he didn't look nervous. He looked ready for the moment. And it was a huge drive, even though he didn't do much on the drive. He led Texas to the go-ahead game-winning drive against U of H, right? In his first real action against a real opponent in college football. And when they asked everybody after the game, you know, all the Texas football players, all the people on the sidelines, they said they weren't surprised. Right. And I don't think that's just player press conference speak. I think they really weren't surprised because that's the energy that Malik Murphy brings to the locker room day in and day out. I remember the spring game when everybody was talking about seeing what Quinn Ewers looks like in year two. And everybody was talking about seeing what Arch Manning looks like for the first time. Malik Murphy went out there and stole the show and was the best player on the field. And he's certainly capable of doing that in real game action starting this Saturday against BYU and DKR. And coming into the season, we always knew that Malik Murphy would be one of the most important players on the football team, right? Nino from Nino's Corner Sports took it a step further and said that Malik Murphy was the most important player on this football team. And certainly that prediction is looking pretty accurate right now. And we knew that based on what we saw last year and what we've seen the last three years from Quinn Ewers, right? At this point, I'm not saying Quinn Ewers is injury prone, but he has an injury history. The last three years, he has failed to start or finish a complete season as the starting quarterback due to injury, right? He had the hernia his junior year of high school, didn't play his senior year. Um, his first year at Texas, he had the shoulder injury when he hit, got hit by Bama. And then now he has the shoulder injury getting hit by U of H. And so we saw last year where Hudson Card had to come in and steady the ship, right? You had Big 12 championship aspirations when Quinn Ewers went down. And because of Hudson Card's play, you still have Big 12 championship aspirations when Quinn Ewers came back, right? Hudson Card went two and one, and he really played well enough to win all three games. And so now you have a scenario where Quinn Ewers is supposed to only be out for two, maybe three weeks, you should still have Big 12 championship and hopefully college football playoff aspirations when he comes back. But that all comes down to Malik Murphy steadying the ship and playing to the level of his talent and continuing to be one of the best football teams in the country, even with him as the helm. So he was always one of the most important players on this football team coming into the season. Now with him likely being the starter, he is the most important player on this football team at least until Quinn Ewers comes back. I think the most important thing for Malik Murphy is to take it a game at a time, right? I don't think the fans are going to take it a game at a time. I don't think the media is going to take it a game at a time. And if he plays really well, that's only going to increase the conversations of how long he'll have the job. Uh, is he virtually competing with Arch Manning right now? What do you do with Quinn Ewers when he comes back? If he plays poorly, right? That's only going to increase the pressure of, do you put Arch Manning in? Do you rush Quinn Ewers back from injury? you know, what is the state of the Longhorn season with Malik Murphy in, right? So there's going to be a ton of noise either way. But the one thing he can control is going out and trying to win one football game at a time. And like I said, the media won't treat it that way. The fans won't treat it that way. But Malik Murphy, he has to live in a box, right? He has to have tunnel vision and only focus on the game on Saturday and can tr control what he can control. Not control the media, not control three weeks from now, not control over the summer or next year who's the starting quarterback. Just control beating BYU. I think for the team, 
you know, it sounds cliche, but this is a young quarterback. We have to run the ball, right? We have to run the ball and set everything up from Malik Murphy outside of that. We have to take as much pressure as possible off of our young quarterback by running the ball with Jonathan Brooks, who's been amazing this year, Cedric Baxter, who really came on against U of H, averaging seven yards a carry, and then Jaden Blue, for some reason, doesn't get a bunch of touches, but jumps off my screen every time he touches the ball. We really need to utilize those three running backs, even Keelan Robinson in the backfield, to take as much pressure off of Malik Murphy as possible. Thus far, we have ran the ball 54% of the time and passed the ball 46% of the time. So we've still been uh, a 12 personnel, you know, really physical run football team. I think we need to even increase that closer to a 60% run with Malik Murphy in the game to make him comfortable. And then you allow him to take shots off of that. Now people are likely going to stack the box because he is a young quarterback and force them to beat him with his arm. I think we're still going to have to lean on the run and just try to win with our strength against their strength and then take those one-on-one opportunities on the outside. But it certainly could come down to some games where they take away the run or allocate all of their resources to the run, and Malik Murphy has to beat teams with his arm, right? That's why you recruited him. That's why you trust him in this scenario without Quinn Ewers. I think Sark has to call layups for Malik Murphy. Now, I don't think Malik Murphy will take as many short passes and check downs as Quinn Ewers started to um, over the last couple of weeks, but I do think that you need to call – you know, a ton of those screens and quick passes for Malik Murphy, like you're doing with Quinn Ewers. You know, obviously Malik is is going to be maybe a little bit nervous. You know, this is his first start uh, against a power five opponent in a pretty big situation. Right. And so you would expect there to be some nerves and you would expect there to be some growing pains. Right. He's the backup quarterback for a reason. And so with us, you know, coming into the Houston game, throwing 27 percent of our passes behind the line of scrimmage in this game, throwing like five or six screens, really utilizing that short pass. If you think you need to do that for a second year quarterback and Quinn Ewers to keep him and make him comfortable, then you certainly need to do that for Malik Murphy. So I don't want to see Sark all of a sudden, you know, get in his bag and start throwing the ball all down the field and spraying the ball 20 plus yards down the field every other play. No, if you called a bunch of layups for Quinn Ewers because you thought that's what we needed to do to make this offense successful, move the ball down the field and score points, then you certainly need to do that from Malik Murphy. Call a bunch of layups, a bunch of screens, a bunch of passes behind or around the line of scrimmage and try to win the games, running the ball, playing great defense, and then getting your athletes in space in the passing game. He has to limit turnovers, right? Quinn Ewers has done a really good job of limiting turnovers this year. I know he did have three against Oklahoma, but three of them came in one game. He's only had four on the year, and he's had some turnover-worthy plays, but if the defense doesn't make a play, then it's not a turnover. So um, the, one of the biggest reasons we're 6-1 and one is because Quinn Ewers has done such an effective job of managing this offense and not giving other teams extra possessions, right? He's done what Steve Sarkeesian has asked him to do, and he has not turned the ball over or put the ball in harm's way too often. So Malik Murphy can't come in and try to be a hero. Like I said, we're going to have to run the ball, play great defense, and, you know, really take advantage of those short passing opportunities and hopefully our playmakers can make plays in space. And then, you know, there'll be a few opportunities for Malik Murphy to take shots and hopefully he'll take them and hopefully he'll make them right. But what he cannot do is allow teams that are not good as Texas. We've talked about that being the equalizer to have extra possessions, right? Because that certainly could lead to a team upsetting Texas or, you know, beating Texas while Quinn Ewers is out. So Quinn Ewers has done a good job of limiting turnovers, only four in seven games thus far. While he is out, Malik Murphy is going to have to do a good job of protecting the ball and giving Texas the best chance to win and then be accurate, right? And that's not just in terms of being accurate with your completion percentage. I think his completion percentage will be high because we throw a bunch of screen passes, right? So like naturally any quarterback in the system will have a high completion percentage, but I'm talking about actually being accurate with the ball, right? Putting the ball 
on the receiver on time in between the numbers where he could catch it and make a play with it. Right. We saw with his first pass to A.D. Mitchell, A.D. Mitchell was wide open, but the throw was late in behind. Right. And those are the type of throws that, you know, lead to missed opportunities, lead to missed points, lead to punts and ultimately lead to losses if you do that over, you know, the course of a game. So he has to be accurate, not just in terms of his completion percentage, because I think the completion percentage will be there with the amount of short passes we throw. But when it's time to push the ball down the field, when it's time to put, you know, the ball on the money and get the ball into your hands of your playmakers and move the ball down the field, you have to be accurate and put it in a position where they can catch it and make a play after the catch. And I certainly think Malik Murphy will do that. So we've got some tough games coming up. BYU, Kansas State, if he has to miss another game, Quinn Ewers, that is, then we would play TCU on the road. But Malik Murphy is certainly built for this moment. The team believes in him. Steve Sarkeesian believes in him. Malik Murphy believes in himself. And I believe in Malik Murphy. And I believe that when Quinn Ewers comes back, all of the Texas football team's goals will still be ahead of them. A quick word from our sponsors, and we talk about one of those questions that I told Malik Murphy not to worry about. If he does come out here and ball, what do you do with Quinn Ewers in two to three weeks? This episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Remember, terms and conditions do apply. So I've already seen people on Twitter asking the question, and I don't think it's a bad question. I think it's a fair question, right? Because, you know, quarterback is certainly a position of momentum, and we're getting towards the end of the season where every game is crucial, every game matters, and you don't want to necessarily upset the apple cart, right, especially this late in the season. And so the question has been if Malik Murphy comes in and balls, right, if he comes in and balls out, do you go back to Quinn Ewers, right? And like I said, I certainly think that's a fair question. I know most people are probably rolling their eyes like, yes, of course, you go back to Quinn Ewers. And I somewhat agree, but I do think it's a fair question, right? If Quinn Ewers misses, you know, two, maybe three, even four games, and this team is still afloat and Malik Murphy is playing really well, do you bring Quinn Ewers back for one regular season game at the end? Do you bring him back for the Big 12 championship? You know, how does that work out? I think you know, it all largely depends on his actual injury, when he can come back and actually be Quinn Ewers. And then I think it depends on the state of the team when he's in a position to come back. Right. I think that the obvious answer to the question right now is you certainly bring Quinn Ewers back if he's available. Right. We all right now have the thought of Malik Murphy. But we don't know what Malik Murphy actually can do and can produce on a football field. It could be anywhere from, oh, my gosh, amazing to damn. What was that? Right. Like, we just don't know at this point. I have faith that he will be really good in Steve Sarkeesian's offense with all of the weapons around him. But he actually has to go out there and throw the ball for himself. And we'll all be essentially scouting him in real time for the first time in a real opportunity. But Quinn Ewers has been really good this year. Like I said, the team was six and one with him at the helm. He's been one of the best and most efficient quarterbacks in the country. Hasn't turned the ball over and led Texas to be in a Big 12 championship and college football playoff contender. 1,968 total yards and 18 touchdowns, completing 71% of his passes in a little bit less than seven full games, right? So Quinn Ewers has been special for this Texas football team this year. And I still think he is the better quarterback of the two if you're comparing Quinn and Malik Murphy. And I still think he gives this team 
the best chance to win at the highest level, right? Talking about the Big 12 championship and the college football playoffs. So like I said, it depends on really the two major factors at play here. What is the actual extent of Quinn Ewer's injury? Now, they say it's an AC sprain, and typically it's two to three weeks, right? But is it two weeks, and then he comes back the third week completely healthy? Is it three weeks, he's out, and then he comes back the fourth week completely healthy? Does he miss two games and come back the third week, and he's a shell of himself, and he's limited? I think it all depends on that, right? If you can guarantee that you will get fully healthy Quinn Ewers back and he gives the Texas football team the best chance to win, then I think regardless of how Malik Murphy plays, if you still have a chance to get to the Big 12 championship and college football playoff, which I think you will, maybe not the college football playoff because there's some tough teams coming up on the schedule, but if you still have a chance to get to the Big 12 championship, then you certainly put Quinn Ewers back in if he is not a liability to the team. Now, I guess the next layer of that would be, well, what if Malik Murphy balls out? Like, what if Malik Murphy just comes out And I don't even know if you could do this because of the teams you're playing. But let's just say he has to play three games, right? And he puts on a special performance against BYU. And then he goes up against Kansas State and puts on a Heisman-type performance, right? And then he goes out and puts out a special performance against TCU on the road, right? So then the next question would be if Quinn Ewers is healthy at that point, do you bring him back in to face a tough Iowa State defense that Sark and Quinn Ewers somewhat struggled against last year that doesn't mean they'll do it this year on the road but it's certainly a possibility or do you leave Malik Murphy in at the quarterback position the most important position on the field because he's cooking and I still think that you would have to put Quinn Ewers in because we've seen a larger sample size of Quinn Ewers and we've seen this team execute at a high level under Quinn Ewers for I don't want to say the better part of two years, but we've seen it in spurts for two years and especially this year. Right. I don't think that Malik Murphy with a three game sample size, especially if he's going to be here next year, that should be good enough of a reason to say, oh, OK, Quinn, thank you for your service. You lost your game due to injury. Right. So, you know, it's tough. It, it really is a tough decision for Steve Sarkeesian. I don't think it's tough right now because everything I just said is projected. Right. We have to see how you know, Quinn Ewers heels and we have to see how well, you know, Malik Murphy plays, but you know, it's certainly going to be a tough decision for Steve Sarkeesian. If Quinn Ewers is ready to come back, this team is rolling under Malik Murphy and there's still a big 12 championship or a college football playoff contender. Like I said, I think you have to go to Quinn Ewers. I think you have to go back to Quinn Ewers at that point, based on the way that he's played based on him just being, I think a little bit more polished than Malik Murphy at this point. And I think he gives the Texas football team the best opportunity to reach their goals at the highest level, even if Malik Murphy can sustain the ship while he's out. But Malik Murphy certainly has the opportunity to come in and make this really interesting for Steve Sarkeesian. And like I said, you know, that's a position where you don't want to upset the apple cart and you want to go with the hot hand. And, you know, availability is the best ability. And even though, you know, Malik Murphy has dealt with some phantom injuries since he's been here, Quinn Ewers has missed time every year since he's been here in three straight years as the starting quarterback on a football field. So if Malik Murphy comes out and he balls out for three straight games and this Texas football team looks like a force in the country, then I don't know how you take him out and put Quinn Ewers back in, right? Thankfully, I'm not paid to make those decisions. I'm just paid a little bit to talk about him here on the podcast. So right now, to answer that question, I think you go back to Quinn Ewers no matter what. And I'm not sure that Malik Murphy in this scenario against some of the toughest teams on the schedule can come in and put together a level of play that would be so indicative that we would say, Oh, okay. We absolutely can't put Quinn Ewers back in. Like even if the team goes three and O I think it'll be largely because of the pieces around Malik 
not Malik going out there and playing like Vince Young or Joe Burrow from 2019, right? Like, I don't think it'll be him just putting together Heisman performances. I don't think I think him it'll be him guiding the ship and this being a really good football team winning three straight games without Quinn or two straight games without Quinn, however long it takes. So, like I said, I know I started rambling a little bit. I'm saying that Quinn Ewers should be the starting quarterback. He is right now. He's just hurt and he will be when he comes back. But obviously, Malik Murphy is not just thinking about two, three games. He should take it one game at a time. But he wants to play, you know, college football at the University of Texas this year and next year. So he's going to come out and try to put his best foot forward. And, you know, like I said, outside of, a, you know, something short of a, a Heisman performance or a Superman performance for three straight weeks, I think you put Malik Murphy in the best position to be successful. You put him in a position to steady the ship. And then if Quinn Ewers can come back fully healthy in two to three weeks, you bring him back in to hopefully finish what could be a magical season for the Texas Longhorns ending up in the Big 12 Championship and the college football playoff. We need Malik Murphy to steady the ship, but we still need Quinn Ewers, a healthy Quinn Ewers, to lead us to the promised land in the end. A quick word from our sponsors. And then in the last segment, I'm ranking the top five games remaining on our schedule from toughest to hopefully easiest. But we know that hasn't always been uh, the best thing for the Texas Longhorns. Hooker. This episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season or baseball season. Last night in that Rangers or Astros game, you could have bet on Adolis Garcia or Corey Seager and cashed out. All right. So baseball or football and basketball season is coming up. All you have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry. Prize Picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. And now you can even make deposits to prize picks through Apple Pay. So whatever you need to do to get your money on the app and start winning that money back, you can do it right now. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college code locked on college for a first deposit match of up to $100. So I completely forgot we are in that sweet spot right now. If you are a baseball, basketball, and football fan, the NBA starts tonight. We got the World Series coming up. Game seven tonight between the Phillies and the Diamondbacks. Huge Diamondbacks fan. I do not want to see the Phillies, you know, especially three straight games in Philadelphia the way that it's formatted. So huge Diamondbacks fan, even though they swept us the last time we played them. But, you know, baseball is crazy like that. NBA starts tonight, rooting for forever Longhorn Kevin Durant to get his third ring. And then we are square in the middle of the NFL season. So if you enjoy these three sports, you know, college basketball coming up, college football playing right now, then it certainly is the best time of the year, right? Now we are coming up to the end of the college football season. And I asked Kristen Jones on Friday um, if it feels like that for the players as well, like if it feels like this uh, season just flies by and he said uh i think he said it it actually feels like it goes a little bit slower right but he's the one out there getting hit <laughs> you know 50 60 times a game in the trenches so i imagine right <laughs> maybe he wants it to speed up a little bit all right so the texas football team has five games left on their schedule uh, malik murphy looks like he'll be starting for at least two of them possibly three I did factor that in somewhat, but I'm more so just based it on the quality of the opponent and, you know, how they compare to the Texas football team. So 
Um, like I said, I love top five list on the podcast. And here's another one or the latest version of it, because it certainly won't be the last. Our toughest games remaining in order. I think number one is Kansas State. Right. They had a questionable loss to Missouri, but Missouri was playing some really good football in the beginning of the season. They're still playing really good football. Right. Um, and that was uh, a road loss that they lost on like a 55 or 60 yard field. goal. I think it might have even been 61 yards. So. You know, that's a game Kansas State should have won. But last year they lost to Tulane in non-conference. So maybe they're just good for one of those a year. And then they had a bad loss on the road to Oklahoma State. But they've since bounced back. They've scored 79 points in their last two games. They've really started to utilize their true freshman quarterback, um, Avery Johnson. He had five touchdowns uh, the week before against Texas Tech. And then he had, I think, like 150, almost 200 scrimmage yards this weekend. Uh, against TCU as they won 41 to three. So like I said, they're averaging almost 40 yard, I mean, 40 points a game. Their last two games, they're hitting on all cylinders. And now that game becomes very interesting between Kansas State and Texas. I know Texas has not lost to Kansas State since 2017, but Kansas State only has one loss in conference, which was that bad loss to Oklahoma State. They play U of H this week. They play Texas next week without their starting quarterback. Now they're going to play Malik Murphy. And then the rest of their schedule, I can't remember it off the top of my head. I know they play Iowa State in Kansas. This is a bunch of teams they should beat. Like, they'll at least be favored in every game. Will they win all of them? I'm not sure, but they will be favored in every game. That Kansas State and Texas game right now looks like the team who will decide, looks like the game who will decide the second team or the team that will play Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship. Because if Kansas State wins that game against Texas, I don't think they lose another game on their schedule. And it would be pretty hard for Texas to catch Kansas State at that point with head-to-head losses to Kansas State and Oklahoma, right? Because then you would have to win. You would essentially have to hope one of those teams loses two Big 12 games or loses two more Big 12 games than you do with, like, three games left in the schedule. That's pretty much impossible, right? So, and then when you look at it, if Texas beats Kansas State, because they have that head-to-head win against them, they pretty much knock them out of contention, even though that probably would only be their second Big 12 loss at that point. So that Kansas State in Texas game right now looks like it's going to be the game who decides who plays Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship. And certainly that game is going to be tougher than ever with those uh, with what's at stake on the line in that game. You know, like I said, possibly a spot in the Big 12 championship and then Kansas State getting to play Texas without their starting quarterback. It's going to be a tough game even at home for the Texas Longhorns. Texas Tech number two. I don't think Texas Tech is the second best team we play left on the schedule. And certainly they're under 500, so they haven't proven that by any means. But I just think this is a team that is going to give 110% in trying to beat Texas. This is a team that will have the opportunity in the last game of the schedule, the way it's played out thus far, to either severely put our Big 12 championship chances in doubt or knock us out completely. And they might not be a robbery. I think it's a robbery, right? But it may not be a robbery to most Texas fans. But it's certainly a rivalry to Texas Tech. And Texas Tech is the type of program where they could only win two or three games in a year. But if one of those was Texas, they had a good season, right? And as bad as their year has been, they have an opportunity to win their last regular season game at DKR against the Texas Longhorns in their last game in the Big 12 in the regular season. So, like I said, Texas Tech is not a good football team, but they have all the incentive in the world to come into DKR and play their best football game of their life to try to beat Texas, and they certainly will. So, Texas cannot take Texas Tech lightly because Joy McGuire is coming in there trying to punch Texas in the mouth. And, like I said, regardless of how much of their season looks like a failure, if they beat Texas, it's a success, right? So, they will have a lot to play for the last week of the season. Iowa State. 
you know, I don't think this Iowa State team is as good as the ones that have given Texas trouble in the past. But, you know, this could be a situation where this could be Quinn Ewers first come first game back or he could be a little bit rusty. We know that Steve Sarkeesian has struggled with that three high safety defense. And he's going to see a lot of that against Iowa State. He's going to see really good scheme on the defensive side. It's going to be a road game, um, a cold game in November. Uh, tough environment in Ames, and they're going to bring it, right? The crowd's going to bring it, the football team's going to bring it, and Matt Campbell's going to bring it. So this is a game where Texas has to play, you know, 100, 110%, and it's going to be a tough environment. But I don't think Iowa State can just match Texas's talent level or they don't have NFL players to mask everybody else's talent level on the team like Brock Purdy and Brees Hall and Charlie Collar. So I think Texas still wins that game, but I got them square in the middle. TCU, I got them number four. The reason is this is a road game. But it's in Fort Worth, so I would imagine a lot of Texas fans are going to be there. They're not going to have a true home field advantage. And then TCU has just been too up and down for me this year, right? You know, I thought that they started to turn the corner when they beat up on BYU like that, but then they came out and lost 41-3 to or whatever it was uh, against Kansas State this past weekend. So this team is too Jekyll and Hyde. They're a completely different team week to week. And like I said, they don't even have the benefit of having a true home field advantage against Texas because it's in the state of Texas, right? And there's even with TCU being as good as they've been, there's still more Texas fans in Fort Worth than TCU fans. So I think Texas uh, goes in there to a tough environment, you know, could be a team that could give them some trouble, but I just can't see the way that TCU just played against Kansas state bucking up and being able to beat a team like Texas. And then BYU. Um, I just don't think they can match the talent level of Texas. I know, you know, I've said this all year, Steve Sarkeesian will come into that game super motivated because he is a BYU alum. And I think he has something to prove in that game. And I think the team will galvanize around Malik Murphy this week. Like, I think you'll see a really good performance from the team this week because they're hyped. They're excited, right? There's fresh blood, at least at the quarterback position from Malik Murphy. And I think the rest of the team knows they have to play their best game and play lights out to make Malik Murphy the most comfortable and give him the best chance to win. So I certainly think they do that. I think Steve Sarkeesian gets super in his bag and play calling this week to show that he can win with a quarterback like Malik Murphy. And I think they handle BYU pretty easily. Maybe in the first half it's close, but I think eventually over 60 minutes, Texas will take off on BYU a little bit by 14 to 17 points. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked on Longhorns, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The Rangers are going to the World Series, baby. The Astros are at home. Hook them. Peace.